and welcome back to our long break from our podcast to our school district podcast, School Buzz. I'm Rebecca Cooksey and I have with me today Kim Cochran. Kim, can you give us a short bio about yourself? Absolutely. Hello. Thank you for having me and welcome everyone. This is my second year as the Director of Pupil Safety and Attendance. I was a principal in middle school and elementary for over 13 years. I also taught, loved everything I taught in elementary and in middle school in both public and private school setting, both in and out of state. So I bring a variety of experiences to um, the plate. And um, I think the other thing that I would share is that I'm very passionate about kids and the safety of everyone at all of our sites. And I can vouch for you that when you were a principal, you ran a tight ship. Things were were happening and kids were safe. I think that experience of knowing how to run a school efficiently and well serves you very well in this role because you can kind of coach up the other principals. Thank you. And I spend a lot of time doing that. So thank you. Yeah. It's hard to learn. (laughs) Yes, it is. And that's okay. That's what we're here for, to support. So what are the major discipline issues that we see on elementary campuses and then middle school? How are those the same and different? Oh, excellent question. The biggest issue is relatively the same, and that's kids being physical with other kids, not keeping hands to self. Mm -hmm. Um, As a parent myself, as a parent yourself, and to all of our parents out there, teachers as parents as well, the, the whole idea of other children keeping their hands off of our children is always a top priority for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we have to understand is that when little people get frustrated, they act out and they do things that they don't stop and think about. Right. And one of the things that everyone needs to understand is that there's a lot of brain research available and that in children, the frontal cortex of the brain, which is all about impulse control, decision-making, that's not fully developed until we're well into our 20s, somewhere exactly. between 22 <laughs> to 25. And so kids do things without thinking. They're very reactionary. Another component that is much more prevalent in middle school, but since the pandemic, we are seeing more of this in our fifth graders, fourth graders in elementary, and that's social media with mm-hmm. all of the negative comments about peers. And that definitely leads to big conflicts at school and other people jumping in. Um, A lot of that is about um, kids being behind a screen and not really stopping and thinking about what am I saying and is this true? Is this helpful? Well, and and is anybody going to trace this back to me? Because I think when kids are behind a screen, they feel like they're anonymous because it's not right to somebody's face. But it can cause huge problems for them getting along with their friends or just it can be legal repercussions for some of them. You know, there's the kids in Beverly Hills that were just are going to be expelled and probably arrested for using AI to create graphic pictures of their classmates. And that's a big deal. They probably thought this is just funny and silly, but it's there are legal repercussions sometimes. There absolutely are. And, and that's worth mentioning that um, in California Education Code, bullying, cyberbullying is absolutely suspendable and can lead to an, expul- an expulsion recommendation and a school board confirming that expulsion, which can change the trajectory of a child's future. Exactly. So we talk about having kids keep their hands to themselves. I know I have a three-year-old grandson, and he just recently got in trouble for hitting his little brother. And my daughter like lost her mind. Like We don't hit our sibling. We keep our hands to ourselves. Is that something that parents can kind of instill in their children at home to have them understand you've got to keep your hands to yourself. 
Absolutely. Um, talking with our children about that is one of the number one things that we recommend with our families. We in our school district are very fortunate that in our universal transitional kindergarten program, in our early childhood program, we um, have a wonderful director of early childhood mm -hmm. education, uh, Dr. Kelly Fountain. Dr. Fountain has laid the grassroots uh, campaign of play-based focused learning for mm -hmm. children, which also helps our children not only learn how to play alongside others and with others, but how to react when things don't go our way exactly. and teaching children the importance of our little bubble space. I've heard that phrase used quite often on our elementary campuses. You need to stay in your own bubble. We don't interfere or go into other children's space. And that's a big conversational piece that parents can also have with their children. One of the things that we also do is teaching the ch our children the expectations. Also teaching children how to react when they're frustrated. Yes. What are the, the best ways to react when those types of things happen? And so kudos to um, our teachers and, and our various program directors that are eliciting the support, um, bringing in professional development and positive behaviors, interventions and support, strategies, modeling, expectations, but even um, modeling what not to do because mm -hmm. there are lessons in that for our children as well. Um, alongside of our Capturing Kids Hearts implementation, really focusing on building positive relationships with children, modeling how do we do that, how do we treat one another, and being consistent, consistently reteaching and addressing and focusing on positive reinforcement when things are done mm -hmm. correctly. We have huge gains with positive reinforcement with our children at home and at school. This last few years, we've added SEL lessons and that social-emotional learning lessons to teach people what, what is a good friend like, what happens when you're mad with your friends. And I think those are so important to talk with children about because not every home talks about them. And so as teachers, to help our kids learn how to get along and learn how to have good relationships is, helps us in the classroom. When, when things are going smoothly, it makes it easier to teach children. Um, but I think it's something that we really needed to do that when I was a teacher... We, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't part of our, our um, curriculum, and I think it's a great addition to what we're doing now. I agree with you. Um, our social-emotional learning lessons, again, they are the companion to PBIS, to capturing kids' hearts, um, really focusing on those areas that all of our children need support with as they're growing up. I can think very fondly of a lesson that I taught myself as a principal stepping in to cover for a teacher's absence um, where we focused on empathy and developing those empathy skills amongst each other, looking at real scenarios and talking about how would this make you feel? How do you want to make others feel? How would you process this information? So continuing to circle around with that. Our elementary sites are doing a phenomenal job with social emotional learning. They are utilizing their second step curriculum lessons. They're using capturing kids' hearts emotional learning lessons. And this is every day. Mm -hmm. So in addition to teaching math and reading and science and history, PE, <laughs> they're also teaching the, this other aspect of behavior right. and social emotional learning. When we, when we talk about kids putting their hands on each other, you, that's the what, number one thing that, that we're seeing as behaviors. That's the, the thing that's being reported the most. It is, yes. Um, there's a huge difference between a, a first grade fight and an eighth grade fight. How do you handle those differently as discipline consequences, 
talking to parents? How, how are those two things different? Oh, that's a great question again. In terms of second graders, usually it's about attention or it's over an object. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's counsel with the administrator. It's bringing our school psychologist, our school counselor along board to really get to the root of the issue. If it was you know, more of a, a tussle than a knockdown, drag out, trying to cause injury. You know, that is a counseling. That is perhaps some time away from recess or lunchtime spending it with the school counselor, the school psychologist, the school administrator to talk through the situation and to provide them with steps on how they can mediate that conflict in the future and resolve it without putting hands on each other or, you know, tussling over, I wanted that toy first and you got it instead. By the time we're reaching seventh and eighth grade, unfortunately, the intention is usually to harm someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I am reacting to something someone said. I'm reacting to a he said, he said, she said, they said type of scenario where we don't have all of the factual information. We're just reacting and trying to harm someone. Mm -hmm. Um, In California Education Code, when there's that intention of trying to harm, trying to injure someone, that brings along with it much more gravity in terms of consequences and also providing that student or students with some intensive intervention and support. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's in, um, in line with you know formal suspension from school, counsel with the administrator, intervention and support provided by school counselors and psychologists upon that student's return to campus, additional conflict mediation, right up to and including, unfortunately, an expulsion recommendation if injury was caused or if this continues to be a repetitive problem mm-hmm. after all of these interventions have been put in place. One thing I've noticed on my social media feed is um, a lot more violence. I'll, for some reason, I was getting all these clips of people like slapping people or you know trying to hurt people. Do you think, and I was like, block this. Why is this coming on my feed? Do you think that those kind of things are influencing our kids that think that it's it's okay to like sucker punch or it's okay to, to hurt people? Do you think that that's causing some of this, these issues? They absolutely are. Um, we've seen a huge uptick in more severe violence among our children, um, especially at those, the middle school ages. And when we look and see some of these episodes that have occurred, there's some intense rage behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of our children are utilizing electronic devices that do not have parental controls on them to prevent them accessing very inappropriate images. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think back to the times of the pandemic um, across the globe, many of us were subjected to seeing those visual images on the nightly news mm-hmm. or um, and social media feeds, and we're seeing things adults stomping other adults on the head. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, our children have seen that. In some ways, it's been glorified to a degree. And with that, some of our children are now displaying those exact characteristics when they're not getting along with someone. Um, And so that's where I implore anyone with a youngster with a cell phone, with some type of um, iPad device, to really take the time to learn how to put parental settings on there so that children don't get accidental access to those types of images. And in the meantime, for anyone who has those concerns, please reach out to your site administrators, your school counselors, IT department, because there are a lot of great workshops where we can help parents and teachers as well with their own children on how to set those up. I don't know why you would give a child a phone or a tablet 
without putting those parental controls on it. When my kids are old um, and we did that, so any email they got, we got a copy of it. You know, that's a long, long time ago. But yeah, it's just, it's too dangerous out there. And I know as a society, we're going to have to put some limits on social media. We already see the harm that it's doing. I know it was up in Congress not too long ago. You know, it takes... Law takes a long time to kind of catch up with technology. And I think we're going to see some laws put in place because we know it's so detrimental for our children. There are a lot of great things about it, but there are also a lot of bad actors out there that want our children to do the wrong thing. I completely agree with you. Um, and as a side note, also of grave importance, unfortunately, through TikTok and other social media platforms, we're beginning to see an additional rise in challenges where those yes. nefarious characters in society think it's a great idea to put challenges out from trying to steal a Kia. We actually had suffered many vehicle thefts, even from our own campuses, hmm. because this was on the rise uh, about a year ago, to challenges of trying to destroy various property at school sites. There's, hmm. I just learned of a new challenge this morning capture yourself trying to set a fire at your school. Oh, Lord. And so, you know, trying to um, put it out into the community, communicating and educating families and community members. There can be some great benefits from social media and um, specifically TikTok, but there are also a lot of negatives out there too that our children are being subjected to and then thinking, oh, I want those likes. Let me go ahead and do this, this thing that's just been suggested to me where we can cause damage and we can cause serious injury, not even considering the very serious consequences of our actions. Well, and you said it, their, their brain is not developed yet. Correct. So they don't think through something like, this person might be telling me to do this challenge to get me in trouble or right. to hurt me, or you know, the, some of the challenges has caused death. Yes. And they don't think it through that why, why is this a challenge? You know, it's not like the ice bucket challenge where you were raising money for a good cause. Right. It's it's a destructive or harmful challenge and they don't have the ability to think it through all the way to understand somebody's trying to hurt, hurt you. Exactly. And that's where those um, educating our families about setting those parental controls on their children's devices can really be a big win and, and keeping their child safe and everyone else's children safe too. Well, and talking to your kids about it, you know, yes. when you see something like that, talk to them. Can you believe that people would have this kind of challenge and you, they would do something like that? If you have those conversations and you can talk it through, maybe your kid will be like, oh, wait a minute, maybe this is the wrong thing to be doing. You know, having that open communication with your child is so important. How can parents, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but how can parents help their child avoid fights or bullying on campus? What, what steps can they take? So really talking to your children. Also um, looking for books on effective ways of dealing with conflict, effective ways, um, even as an adult, when someone frustrates me or I get angry about something, how do I as adults stop, take a deep breath, process that, walk away, perhaps go and, and seek some consultation from another trustworthy adult to get some advice from. So really trying to communicate that with our children that I'm here to talk with you. I'm here to provide you that guidance. Every school in the Lancaster School District not only has highly qualified teachers and um, administrators, but every school also has at their disposal counselors, school mm -hmm. counselors, and school psychologists that are more than willing to step in and support families and educators in communicating those pieces to families as well. Number one, it's about communication mm -hmm. with our children. Two, it's about modeling and really talking through these scenarios with our children at home so that when they do come to school, they're more prepared. 
I've thought for years and employed this myself as a teacher and also as a school principal that when a student is struggling with something, let's stop and let's role play. Let's talk mm-hmm. through some potential scenarios. How would you react in this situation? Um, and then guiding your student, your child's decision-making through those different scenarios to really help them come out more positive on the other side of this. You know, we see students who are able to do that effectively every single day. And really the majority of our children are doing a great job. Mm -hmm. They are responding to things appropriately and effectively, and they're also seeking out assistance when they need it. But trying to work with all of our children to get them to that level um, is so, so very important. Really, it's the cornerstone of teaching our children how to behave. Mm-hmm. And, and how to start making better decisions for themselves. It reminded me of a, I had a kid that I was doing check-in, check-out when I was a principal, and smart little boy. He was very smart, but he was not always making the right decisions. And so he'd say, I just said, I want a piece of paper. And the teacher yelled, I said, well, let's talk about how you said that. And well, you know, I'd role play, like, if you said it like this, this is going to get a bad reaction. If you just said, I want a piece of paper, the teacher's probably going to give you a piece of paper. <laughs> so let's talk about how you deliver your words and you know I could get him laughing about it like oh yeah I did that the wrong way and (laughs) but you know I had that relationship because we talked every day about his behavior so what advice would you give to teachers right now because we're getting to the end of school and kids are starting to get wound up I I talked to my kid who's a teacher every day and she said the kids have been just just really having a hard time lately I said you need to stop and teach your procedures again because if they're not in control you can't teach anything. So just sometimes, I remember having to do that after Christmas vacation. Yes. And then after spring vacation. Okay, these are our rules, and this is, these are the things that we get rewarded for, and these are the things we get consequences for. Just taking that time, I think, is so important for teachers. I could not agree with you more. I'm thinking of some phenomenal teachers from a variety of middle schools, and most recently from Jack Northrop Elementary School, where we experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we've got spring fever setting in. Yep. <laughs> uh, we know that I think it's three weeks and one day until spring break. <laughs> I think even we as educators begin to get a little spring fever too. And so it's really, really important that we take a step back ourselves, take a deep breath, really think about what's the best way for me to respond to this. Is this a moment where I'm, I've kind of lost the attention of the most of my students, then let's do a brain break activity. Let's stand up, let's stretch, let's take some deep breaths, then let's bring it back down. We're sitting back down again, and then now we're going to review. Our social contract says we're going to you know, listen carefully. We're going, to lis- we're going to have active listening when the teacher is teaching a lesson. Are we doing that? Give me a thumbs up if we're doing that. <laughs> Okay, are we ready to get back to it? Let's get right back to it again. And so that's really utilizing a great strategy through capturing kids' hearts. Through the PBAS implementation, again, it's a review of expectations. Mm -hmm. In the classroom, we've agreed to walk this path to the pencil sharpener, to walk this path right back to our seat. And so you nailed it. It's really all about reteaching those expectations through our PBIS Um, education that we've had for the last several years. I think back to the very beginning years with Jenny Sampson and our LACO presenters that came and went out of the area that no matter where we are in the school year, when we're struggling with something, let's take a pause, let's reteach that expectation, let's model that expectation, and let's get back to work. What advice do you have for administrators when they get an angry parent coming in and just screaming and yelling? How do you as an administrator stay calm, 
stay professional, even though people aren't being professional around you. What advice do you give to our principals about how to do that? You know, the, the number one piece of advice that I have is something that former assistant superintendent, Mr. Lexi Conti, had mentioned to a group of us back when we were uh, teachers and we were aspiring administrators and many of us were working as administrative designees in our schools. And that was, please remember that when someone comes in angry, it's not personal. Right. Apply Q-tip. Quit taking it personally because it's not personal. That parent, that guardian, they are frustrated and angry over a circumstance, over an incident. And when they're yelling, they're yelling at your tie. So even those of you ladies in the audience, <laughs> picture yourself with, you know, wearing Mr. Conti's tie. They're yelling at the tie. They're trying to get things out. And so connected with that is, listen, mm-hmm. don't interrupt. Let that guardian, that parent get everything out that they need to share. Take a few notes if you're concerned you might forget something. Assure the parent that you know their concern is very important to you. You're going to address it. You're going to um, see it through. And then you're going to circle back to that parent and follow mm-hmm. back up with them with the outcome, with the status of where you have been. When we follow that process, we end up having a parent partner through everything that we're working exactly. on with their child. I always thought, you know, the, the parents coming in mad because they're trying to protect their child. Yes. There's something, they love their child, mm-hmm. they want their child treated well, they want their child to be protected. And if we come back with that idea of, like, I also want that for your child. I want yes. your child to be safe here, and I want your child to be loved and protected here. Parents appreciate that. And that circling back is so key for developing that parent partner because they know I was heard, she took or he took action and they're concerned about making sure that I have a good relationship with the school. So even though it takes a lot of time, it takes yes, a lot of time, it but does. it is so worth it because once you got that parent on your side, they talk to other parents. Yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, great. I appreciate you so much coming on. I know we scheduled this in November and then I had <laughs> trouble with my Adobe account, which was so frustrating because I bought this as a personal one, but with my, um, school email address and then they bought everybody adobe and that adobe couldn't figure out what to do so (laughs) (laughs) it's always a pleasure and thank you for having me appreciate you